Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Yeah, so a couple of days ago, Andrew threw out a text. He was supposed to speak today, and he said, hey, Alex, Brenda, I've been sick all week. Would either of you have something on your heart um, that you just really want to share? And Alex said no. Oh, he's not even here. (laughs) So I, well, you know, he's got little kids. It was the holidays and everything. So I said, actually, I do have something. And I, I feel a little, you know, nervous when it's last minute. I'm not a last minute person. I like to, like, I like Andrew to tell me, like, two, three months ahead of time when I'm going to be speaking, because I like lots of time to plan, and and, and so I'm not a last-minute person. So I've only had a couple of days, so I feel like my thoughts are disorganized today, and I feel like it might not come out the way I want it to, but I actually really strongly feel like God has given me a word for us today, and a word that is really important for us as we go into this new year. And if we can learn to embrace what I feel God has shown me, Um, through this word, there is no telling what he can do in our lives this year. And in fact, there is an unlimited amount of potential and possibility that he has laid out for us in 2019, individually and as a church. But there's one principle that we're going to have to learn, and it's what we're going to talk about today. And it's this question, do you trust me? Do you really, really trust me? And I think a lot of us would say, yeah, absolutely, I trust God. That's our first response. But we say it kind of flippantly, like, like it's just the response we know we're supposed to say. Yeah, that's, that's biblical. That's, that's a God kind of life. Of course I trust God. But over and over and over, I see people say that they trust God, but then continue to take control in their own lives and do things that are contrary to trusting God. So you say, yes, absolutely, I trust God in every area of my life. Well, do you tithe? Because if you don't, you don't trust God. That's just just a plain and simple fact. You don't trust him with your finances. You think your decisions are better for your finances than his. Sorry, I know, it's awfully quiet all of a sudden. That's what the word of God says. Do you trust him with your marriage? Yes, absolutely, I trust God with my marriage. But all of the time, I'm taking matters into my own hands and I'm doing things the way I think they should be done and I'm responding to my spouse out of hurt and out of things that are happening that I see in the natural instead of listening to the spirit and responding in in love and what he wants me to do. And this is a hard one, especially for moms. Do you trust God with your kids? Because a lot of times we think we know what's best for our kids and we mingle in their lives, especially when they're, they're you know, getting to be older teenagers and young adults like mine. It's like, oh, I, I see you kind of going down a rut. I want to correct that for you because I don't want you to make a mistake. And, and it's like, no, at some point I have to say I've done the best I can and now I trust God that he's at work in their lives. In the same way that he called me into his kingdom as a young woman, he can do it for my kids. And I have to put them in his hands and say, you trusted them to me, but I trust them to you. That's a hard, that's a hard thing. 
And so I see this over and over and over that we say we trust God, but we don't really, really know what it means. And so we're going to get into this, but I want to start actually because um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Our word for this year, our word that we chose for 2019 is the word planted. And there's, there's, we see this throughout um, the Bible. We see it throughout everything that God talks about. He loves the idea of seeds. And I, and I talked about this in the fall. If you're here for our planted series, we talked about the idea that God loves the idea of seeds because within each and every seed is the unlimited potential and possibility for fruitfulness, for a harvest. In every seed, there is the DNA of the plant that, it, that it's reproducing and it has the possibility to create something incredible. So I believe God loves the idea of seeds. And here's a verse that I wanna show you. It's in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter one, verses 23 and 24. And it says, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of an imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. What is this saying? He's saying that when you were born again, there is something that happened on the inside of you and there is actually a seed that is the word of God, the spoken word of God has planted a seed inside of your heart. And that's why every time you hear the word of God, every time that you get in the presence of God, something inside of you resonates. Something inside of you says, I need more of that in my life. Something inside of you goes, yes, when a preacher says something that, that, that's the truth and it resonates inside of you and the spirit of God breathes life on that thing and you go, yes, I need that for my life. That's that seed, that life of the kingdom of God that God has actually implanted inside of you that's resonating with his word. It's connecting with his word. It's going, yes, I need that. And that seed, that seed that's inside of our hearts, we need to nurture it and water it so that it will grow. We need to take care of that seed. You know, I think the kingdom of God and following Christ and being a Christian is not so much about behavior modification or a checklist of things that we need to do in order to get our way into the kingdom of God, but it's actually about something that is called impartation. It's the fact that the spirit of God is living and, and breathing and alive inside of you and that everything we do is in response to the life that's growing inside of us. Everything that, that we learn, when we learn, to love like God loves, it's because he's implanted his love inside of us. When we learn to give grace like God gives grace, it's because he's given it to us. And we learn to live in response to what he's doing inside of us. It's not something we're trying to do on the outside. It's not so much that I'm putting my own chaotic self-effort into trying to be like Christ. It's that Christ has put himself inside of me and he wants to come alive in every single area of my life. But the problem is that we only allow him in some areas. We give him an hour on Sunday morning, we allow him in that area of our life. Sometimes we allow him in, in an hour or two extra volunteer and we allow him in that part of our life. 
Sometimes there's an area we've learned to surrender and to give to him, but there's areas I think that we hold back sometimes. There's areas where we haven't yet learned that I can trust God with this. And we need to learn to grow in this. We need to learn how to let this life grow inside of us. And I think this is so key in understanding the kingdom of God is that God has put his life inside of you and you nurture it so that it grows. And when we look at other people's lives, sometimes we see them like the scripture we're about to read in Jeremiah. We see them looking like a tree and we look at our life and we feel like we're just a little seedling and we fail to understand what has gone into growing that tree. In Jeremiah 17, we read this scripture many times over our planted series, but I wanna read it one more time because I think it just resonates with this. If God has implanted his kingdom, his life, his DNA, everything that he is inside of us. Peter, this is Peter who talked about this and I, I love, I've actually been looking at this a lot lately at the con contrast between how Paul writes and how Peter writes. And they both had different experiences with Jesus. Peter actually walked with Jesus and, and was face to face face with him. Paul came to become a Christian later after Jesus was gone, but had his own encounter with God. And they write differently. They write differently about their experience of knowing God. And Peter's the one who talks about this seed and he talks about this life growing on the inside of us. And, and if you read on in 2 Peter 1, he says that we are partakers or we are shareholders of the divine nature of God, that his nature has been imparted into us and we get to share in that nature with him. It's something that comes from the inside out. And so in Jeremiah 17, verses seven and eight, it says this, <laughs> okay, I don't need my glasses if I get right at the right point. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And we've talked about this, that this is a supernatural kind of tree. Trees don't act like this normally. To always be green and to always have fruit. That's supernatural results in our life. And I feel like God is saying, I've, I've, I've put this seed inside of you of everything you need to become this tree. The seed is inside of you. Everything you need to become that tree that Jeremiah talks about is already in you. But it's how you care for it. And it's how you surrender it. And it's how you water it. And it's how you manage it that will help you to grow into the tree that he's talking about. That's going to bear fruit and be shade for others. And to bring life to those around you. We have to learn how this grows in our life. You know, the key in this scripture, if you put the scripture back up for a second in Jeremiah, it says, blessed is the one who, what? Trusts in the Lord. The one who trusts in the Lord. And again, I think often we say, yeah, 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 I trust God. I know I'm supposed to trust God, I trust him. But do we really? Do we really know what it means to trust him? So I looked this word up, trust, I looked it up in the original language because that's just what pastors like to do. And this word, I, I loved the meaning of it. So there was a few sort of synonym, synonym words or words that were trying to describe it. Words like boldness and confidence. Words like um, being reliant. 
Words like careless, not having a care in the world, totally trusting someone. But this is, this is what I really loved. And I actually want to illustrate this for you today because I thought this was so cool. So I'm going to ask, ask Ashley and Spencer to come up here on the stage for a sec. They're going to help me out. I didn't really tell them what we were going to do. I just asked them if they'd be willing to help me illustrate this message because I think this is a really important point. And so this, um, this idea of trusting in the Lord, what it actually means is to lie face down on the ground. So Spencer, I'm just gonna ask you for a sec, if you wouldn't mind, to just lie face down on the ground, How, however is comfortable for you, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm guessing it's not gonna be really, really, really comfortable. No, so you can, you're welcome to put your hands up and, and support your head there because I'm gonna ask you to stay there just for a little bit. Um, so, and Ash, if you want to just like, if you, whatever you want to do, if you want to like, you will put your hand, put your foot on the back of him and like, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That would be really fun, but you don't have to do that. So, so this is what it actually means to trust God. Now, when I first, when I was first thinking about this, when I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about this the first time, I thought this looks an awfully lot like some of the shows and movies that we watch sometimes on TV where someone's been tackled to the ground because they're an offender and a police officer is gonna like subdue them, right? We put them on the ground face down, why? Because he's helpless, he's defenseless, he can't protect himself, he can't see what's coming, he's subdued. This is the kind of posture that trust is. But how often are we like the offender who's always wrestling and trying to get up and get away and run away and run down the street, right? That's, that's exactly the image that popped into my head. But the reason that we can do this, the reason that we can lay like this before the Lord and, and go through our lives in a posture like this is because we have the Holy Spirit and Ashley's gonna be the Holy Spirit, of course, <laughs> because that's who she is anyways, who, is just, who just hovers over Spencer because she's the protector. She's the defender. She's the eyes who can see what's coming down the horizon. She can, she can tell him, hey, Spence, something's coming. Hey, I, I, I can see what's gonna happen as you walk in this room. I just wanna prepare you. She's the advocate. She's the one who can come alongside of him just like that, just like that, that's it, that's perfect. Just like that, she's the advocate. That's what the advocate means. It means one who's close by, who can make a call because he knows the truth and he knows what's happening in the circumstance. So when we trust in God, the Holy Spirit comes along and says, I'm gonna take care of this for you. You don't have to do it for yourself. Thanks guys, that was perfect. Give them a hand while they go back to their seat. Spencer's a good sport, thanks. I just wanted you to see that because I feel like so often we do one of two things. Either we try so hard to do something on our own and in our own power, we're running, we're trying to do it on our own. And at the end of a very long rope, we finally lay down and go, oh yeah, give up. I surrender God, I'm just gonna trust you with this situation. But it's at the end of exhausting all our own opportunities. Or we're on the other end of it where we start off in a situation and we lay ourselves down and we say, I'm just gonna trust you, God. But when we don't like how he's working it out 
or when we think that he's taking too long or we don't like what's actually happening in the moment, we wrestle ourselves back up and we start to take control again in our lives in different areas. And you know what? I, I gave that, that instance of being like a police officer, but that is not what Jesus is like. He will never force us into that position, never. That's when he wants us to willingly take ourselves because he willingly took it for us. He trusted the Father with his life. He trusted him with the plan that he had to take him to the cross and to resurrect him and to allow him to be our big brother who went before us and carries our DNA. He trusted God enough to leave heaven and come to fulfill the plan that he had for his life. And every time he pulled away and retreated with the father, he said, not my will, but yours be done. I'm not saying what I want to say. I'm saying what the father says. I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm doing what the father says to do because I'm in that posture of surrender in before him and I trust him and I know that I can't do it on my own. I need him. And so because Jesus willingly took that posture for us, he's asking us to willingly take it for him. Do you know that Jesus trusts you? He's entrusted you with his kingdom, with his church, to be his people, his representatives here on the earth. He trusts you. Isn't it time we really began to trust him? We need to trust him with every area of our lives. And like I said, there's so many little areas where we wanna take control and we wanna do things and we don't wanna trust him. But he's saying today, I need you to trust me. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That word heart is really about our soul, the center of our being, our mind, our will and emotions. Trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight or direct your paths. A lot of times we wanna live by our knowledge. We wanna live by what we know about God. We wanna understand what's coming. We wanna see clearly, but we're not called as Christians to live by knowledge. We're called to live by faith. And a lot of times we're not gonna be able to understand where God is leading us. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, just like you can't understand how a baby is formed within the mother's womb, you can't understand the ways that God is working in your life and how he's growing that seed of who he wants you to be into a tree. You're not gonna understand the way he wants to grow that and the way he wants to do things in your life. You're not gonna understand. And if you live by your own understanding, if you lean into your own understanding, you're never gonna fulfill everything that he has called you to fulfill. You got to learn to lean into him and to trust him and to live by faith, not by understanding, not by what we can see, not by what's in front of us in the natural, but we need to lean in by faith and say, God, I'm just taking this absolute laid out position of trust before you. And I trust that you are my eyes and I trust that you have my best interests at heart and that you will have the best for me and that you want me to be this tree. And so I'm going to trust you with everything. Years ago, 
when I, m most of you know my story, I've shared it here before, but I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor and, and I knew the voice of God. I knew how to trust him. I, I kind of knew this from a very, very young age. It was a part of who I was. But I spent a few years running in my teenage years, and, and I've talked about that before. And when I came back to the Lord, I said, God, I've made a mess of my life trying to do it on my own. I learned that lesson really young. And that day I surrendered my life to Christ, and I had no idea where he was going to take me. And within a short time after that surrender, I started to realize it wasn't a one-time surrender, but it was a continual surrender. It was a continual, I trust you. And I've shared this before too, but that's one of the prayers that I've learned to pray over the years, almost every day. I find a situation where I say, I have to say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you with this. I don't know what to do. I'm starting to get anxious. I don't know what decision. Okay, God, I trust you. Someone walks in the room in my house and they have a bad attitude and it's starting to wear off on me and I'm like, no, okay, just a sec. God, I trust you. I have to go into a hard conversation and I don't want to do it and it's like I pull myself together in the car. No, God, I trust you. I trust you. My life is completely in your hands. And even though I had prayed that prayer over and over and over a few, a few years later, I was probably in my 20s, and I clearly remember praying this to God. I, I was like, in this, this complete, like, God, I want to serve you with my life. I want, I want every, everything. I just want you. Just you, you know, no me, just you. And I said, but I know you know my heart. And so I know you know I don't ever want to be a pastor and I don't ever want to go on a missions trip. So I know you'll never ask me to do those things. <clears throat> because you love me and you know my heart. Well, we all know how the first one turned out. I've been pastoring for eight years and I love it and I would never go back. I'm 46 years old and I managed to make it this far without ever going on a missions trip. <laughs> but guess what? <laughs> God had other plans for me. And that was honestly, I have to admit, a piece of my heart that I didn't want to give him because I was afraid he was gonna ask me to go. And you know, when you grow up in church, everyone says this all that everyone needs to go on a mission trip. I was like, no, I think I'm good. I think I'm that one person who doesn't really need to go. I know, you know, it's different in other parts of the world and I don't really think that's for me, you know? Do I look like I wanna go on a mission trip? No, I don't. So when Randy came here and he told us about this trip that was coming up to Malawi, something inside of my heart in that dinner, I didn't speak, I didn't say a word, I didn't say anything to Andrew, I couldn't even make eye contact, I was like. But I went home and I said to my husband, I think, I, I think this is the first time I feel like maybe I should go. The first time in my life that I've ever felt like maybe I should go. So I went to another meeting. It was out in Niagara-on-the-Lake. We were supposed to have five minutes, literally. That's all we had with Randy to tell us a little bit more about the trip. And the whole time I stood there, I had this lump in my throat. And I, again, I couldn't speak. And I got in my car to drive home. And I was like, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. But I knew that he was telling me that I had to go. 
And I said, I was thinking this to myself, how can I get up in front of people and tell them to trust God if I'm not willing to do it myself? And this is one more area of my life where he's asking me to take the position of trusting him and lay down and surrender everything and just go. And can I tell you, I'm going with a team to Malawi and no, don't, I hear some of you starting to clap, don't do that. You can do that when I come back, but I'm going. <laughs> But I'm gonna be honest with you. I wanna be really, really honest with you because I think this is where we're, I, I want us to be all in this together this year. I'm going, but I'm scared, but I'm going. I don't want to, but I'm going. Because I've served God long enough and I've walked with him long enough to know that he knows what's better for my life than I do. And if he's asking me to go, there's something he's working out in my life, something I can't see, something I can't understand right now, but something he wants to do in me so that he can take me into the next season and into the next reason to trust him. And I know, I, when, as I drove home from that meeting that night, I knew in my heart that if I said no, I would be being blatantly disobedient to God in my life. And I know that there's people here today, that there's areas of your life you know you need to surrender. There's areas of your life where you know you need to trust God, but you're scared. And can I tell you, it's okay. It's okay to do it scared. God understands. He knows us. He knows how we're wired. And sometimes he's going to ask us to do things that scare us. Sometimes he's going to ask us to do things that feel really, really uncomfortable. Sometimes he's going to ask us to do things we don't want to do because his plans are better than ours. And he knows better than we do what we need in our own lives. And so as I'm learning to trust God, I want to invite you on this journey this year to learn to trust God too. I'm gonna to invite the, the band to come up. We're, we're gonna sing one song here at the end. I'm almost done. But I just feel like there's many of us in this room who would say, I don't wanna hold anything back. I think that's, that's the fear of actually not doing what God is asking me to do is so much greater than my fear of going because I don't wanna live outside of his will. I've been there and it's not fun. I did not enjoy it. So I don't wanna do anything. I don't wanna make any decisions in my life that aren't founded in this place of trust, in this position of being flat out on my face. Can I tell you that sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, I'm not that super spiritual, but once in a while, that's the best position to pray in and those are often times when I've had to repent or actually say, God, I'm so sorry I've been holding this area back or I'm so sorry I've been trying to control this area or this thing. I need to surrender it to you. And it's not like it's, not like it's made up. It's like it comes from the inside of me and all of a sudden I'm on my face before God and I'm like, yeah, I just need you to take over again in this area of my life. It's a good position to pray in. So I wanna ask you as we close the service today, we're just gonna sing um, the chorus of one of the songs we sang earlier, but I wanna ask you if you wanna join me in this this year. If this year in 2019, you wanna say yes to trusting God, trusting Him more, even though you might've walked in here today thinking, yeah, I trust God.
But if there's an area of your life where you want to trust him more, if there's an area where you've been holding back or trying to control or trying to run away from what he wants for your life, today is the day to say, God, I trust you. I trust you. I can't see where you're leading me. I don't know what you want to do in my life, but I trust you. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable, but I trust you. I'm scared, but I trust you. Can I tell you one of the things that I was most scared of was st starting to take all the immunizations and vaccines that I had to take because I don't respond well to medications. I'm allergic to acetaminophen and I just, I've never been good. I always take like half or a quarter of a dose of what they say because my body seems to react. And so I was nervous about taking all the vaccines. I've been through four of them and each one, I just prayed over my body, whether they were pills or needles or whatever. And I just said, God, please no ill effects from this in my body. And you know, I felt nothing, nothing. I've been perfectly fine. Thank you, Jesus. He's just step by step leading me through this process and I trust him with it. And the more we learn to trust him with areas of our life, the easier it is to trust him the next time and the next time and the next time. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.